Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. People have asked me before, hey, where did you get your love of fishing? And um, it's an interesting question because my dad didn't fish. My brothers didn't fish. Uh, An uncle on my mom's side has a saltwater record in Australia for the Mulloway, which I've never ever seen or caught. Um, But he caught it on a rod that he had made and certain light tackle. But that's the only one I can find. Where Where did that come from? Most of the time when someone asks you that, you point to another person don't you? So the Matthew kids are going to grow up and they're going to cheer for a certain college, university, excuse me, a university in Oklahoma. Matthew's kids, most of them will probably, you know, unless they get rebellious, they're going to cheer for the Cubs, right? It's their, you're a Cubs family, right? And, and they didn't come out of the womb saying, go Cubs, go, right? It was, it was something that was kind of instilled. There, there are all kinds of, of inputs. When people ask about, if they see me wearing a Cardinal shirt, They'll say, oh, my grandpa used to sit me on his lap, and we'd listen to Cardinals games on AM radio. Uh, Cubs fans, a lot of them, uh, you know, grew up, grew up watching it on some, some TV station. Was it WGN that had the Cubs? WGN, WGN right? And so it, it was all that was there. And um, so unbeknownst to these children, to human beings, we, we, we learned to love. And that's why, the, that's why in the Proverbs, he's saying, guard it. You've you got to make sure that, that you filter what comes in, and especially important for us in our generation, because we are told that, that the heart is the only pure thing in a human being, and you follow it, and you can't control it. You can't, you can't change your loves or your affections. You can't do it. And it's contrary to what we really know and experience, whether you're a Christian or not. We learn to love. Um, Tammy, on our drive back last night, uh, I didn't want to listen to music. And, and she's, she's like, you want to put some music on? And uh, there's some country song going around. What's that, all the rich men north of Richmond? Like it's blowing up, I guess. And she's like, well, you got to at least listen to this because everybody in middle school is listening to this and they're singing this. And uh, so we listen to all the Richmond, north of Richmond. And she looks at me and she goes, why don't you like country music? It just seems to make sense for you. <laughs> like it's just kind of quirky and funny and it tells a story and it's not all the same thing. And, and she's like, why, why didn't you get it? I said, I don't know. I guess it's because my friends listen to Pink Floyd and my boys like Rage Against the Machine and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I had to kind of listen to their stuff and filter it and talk to them about it. Um, but she said, like knowing you, Mark, and what you like, that makes more sense than every once in a while, my, my Bluetooth goes to her phone when she pulls into the garage and all of a sudden, you know, the red hot chili peppers start blaring while she's trying to talk to somebody like, where's it coming from and hitting all the buttons, right? Um, and so when we think about the, the commandments, again, as a way of introduction, we are training, we are training our hearts in what to love. And uh, it's another one of those reasons why it's just vitally important that those we are closest to, those we bond ourselves to, those that we encircle ourselves with, uh, with care over us, uh, that we listen to, that we allow to influence, have really at that same core a love for God and His Word.
Uh, we're in the second section of Psalm 119. Uh, Psalm 119, 9-6. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Remember, we have chosen Psalm 119 kind of as a way to introduce uh, the commandments because in that psalm, the psalmist eloquently talks for 176 verses about the beauty of God's law. And, and even in each section, you have it's, it's refer, referred to in different ways. So in verse 9, it's called your word. In verse 10, my whole heart, my whole, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Word, commandments. 11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Uh, he's saying there's, there's things I've still got to learn. With my lips, I declare the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. And 15, I'll meditate on your precepts. I'll fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, that is our prayer. And if it's not, it should be. Far too often, Lord, I, I feel like your, your laws are like the speed limit sign that I know is right, that I know is good, but boy, it just seems to hold us back from what is maybe fun or enjoyable or quicker or easier. Lord, this is our prayer, that we would love your law, that we would not just begrudgingly try to understand it, that we would not push ourselves up against the very limit of it, but Father, that we would look at it and say, this is what my God loves. This is what my Father loves. My Father has made me thus, and He cares for me. And these rules, these statutes, these ways, these precepts, these testimonies, these statutes, they are also for my good. And Father, our hearts have, have been drawn to things that are so offensive to You that war against all that is good and right. Uh, may you, O oh Lord, bring our loves back to where it should be, with you front and center. Help us, O oh Lord. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Um, so last week we talked about obedience. So we, we, come to the, we come to the Word of God, all of it really, with this sense of obedience. Um, I, am, I am learning these things in order that I will obey, and that's the expectation. Right? God gives us rules and ordinances and statutes uh, in order to uh, enable us to obey, to know what to obey. The second part, as we would approach the commandments, is love. Jen Wilkin writes, and I think I put that quote in your notes, that rather than seeing sin, uh, the sin of lawlessness as the barrier to relationship with God, We've steadily grown to regard the law itself as the barrier. We have come to believe that rules prevent relationship. How many times have you heard in reference to churches, even in their advertising, it's not about religion, it's about relationship, right? We're not interested in rules at the Outback Steakhouse. No rules, just right. There's this sense that, that rules, structure, and relationship and freedom are at odds with each other. Now, um, it doesn't work when they're separated, 
All right, you try that in any relationship that you have. Um, I, don't, I don't want your rules. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to know what's important to you, but I, I just want us to have a relationship. You know, in, in every kind of relationship, if it's with your banker, your teacher, your boss, there's structure. There's rules. We learn back and forth. Um, in um, in uh, in Deuteronomy. Um, right before Israel crosses over into the promised land. We have a summary, and we have a recounting of the Ten Commandments. But I want to ask you, um, what would you say is the most important commandment? What commandment is the greatest? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> what did Jesus say? Yeah, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's a commandment. And um, so as we talk about love, uh, it, again, it, 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 it's hard for us because we don't like to think of it as something I have to do. We are really longing for us to be led by our hearts but we are doing and saying and acting in accordance with how we feel. And so what has subtly worked its way, uh, probably always, into the human consciousness is my feelings lead my actions. Um, I do what I feel like. And to do something even contrary to the way I feel is wrong. Um, so Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments in Matthew 22 when the Pharisees uh, heard that he had silenced the Sadducees on questions about resurrection. The Pharisees, the expert, the lawyer, asks, what's the greatest commandment? And he said to them, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And it's interesting because Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament. So it's super important that we get that, this, this continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What's most important, Jesus? He goes to Deuteronomy, what's called the Shema. This is, that's the, the, the your Jewish friends will learn that uh, before they go through their bar mitzvah. They'll learn the Shema, they'll sing it. You know, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, all your mind and all your soul. Um, and Jesus goes on and says, but there is a great, there's a second one that is like it. You shall love the neighbor, your neighbor as yourself. So love is the key. Hey, love is the key. Um, Thomas Watson says in his commentary on the Ten Commandments, God will lose none of your love. Isn't that a beautiful statement? God will lose none of it. None of your love to Him will be wasted. Uh, it's the safest place for you to rest your heart in the love of God. It is the most worthwhile ambition for you to seek to love Him. Uh, I just, I don't know if every pastor that's 58 has a whole parcel of people all over the country, but uh, it's, it's, it's fun for me because I'm a bit ADD. Um, but long conversation a couple days ago, a family with a daughter who's given her heart to a, uh, a young man that is awful just awful and uh, and all of us around her see 
the decisions that are being made, not just financial decisions, but, but significant financial decisions. Um, and with her whole heart, she defends this scoundrel. Um, and uh, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's because he's become too important. Um, that won't happen with our God. You know, we came back uh, yesterday from one of the most beautiful funerals I've ever been to. And it was a funeral of a lady who gave her heart to the Lord Jesus. And nothing that she did for him uh, is wasted. So obedience and love go together. We are given uh, what our God loves. We're invited to learn him, to know him, uh, because to know our God is to love him. And it is an amazing thing that our God chooses to open himself up to be known. Um, second in your notes, what is, what is love? Um, it's, a, it's an interesting question, and you probably have a wealth of different answers. Uh, my dad taught me at a young age, he would say, love is, Mark, what is it? It is my desire for another's well-being. And I think that's one way that love works itself out. Right? My desire, when we, when we who have children love a child, it is our desire for their well-being. Right? And we are willing to sacrifice and to give and to, uh, for, for their well-being. I want them to succeed. Uh, Watson writes in his commentary, it's a holy fire kindled in the affections. This is a love towards God. He says, where a Christian is convinced that our God is the supreme good. First uh, Corinthians 13, it's a common text that we go to. What is love? And he lists all the things. Love is patient and kind. Um, uh, love delights in an object. Uh, in Psalm 37, we're told, delight yourself in the Lord. Um, the uh, grace of God, it, it changes our aims, our delights, um, but uh, love. <laughs> yeah, that. Anybody want to add anything about that? Love. Um, I think it's an important thing for us to grasp because sometimes when we say we love a person, it's almost as if we love ourselves, and that person is affirming all that we love about ourselves. Um, I've talked a lot about it. You guys have heard me talk about it. It's not on. It's not on the spectrum with like. Um, it, it is more on the spectrum of hatred, right? It's not. I, I know someone. I like someone. I like them a lot. I love them. Um, I mean, again, that that again is this external. There's things about them that I like, um, but love really does. It, it it stands kind of alone. And the opposite of love, maybe not even hatred. Other people have said the opposite of, of love is apathy. Right? The opposite of love is I, 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 I don't care anything about that person, good or bad. Um, where love is I, I, I desire at whatever cost uh, for their well-being. Now, in order for us to love, there's something that comes before it. And before we uh, love rightly, we must have knowledge. Um, and so one of the things we do, I know at Three Rivers, it may be uh, different than any other church, is 
Um, when someone wants to be baptized, someone wants to entrust their life to Christ, uh, I do believe it can happen in one Sunday. You know, I, I, I do think sometimes that thief on the cross gets overused. There were things about the thief on the cross that showed he understood. He understood the nature of the Messiah. It wasn't just that last, hey, uh, maybe I'll give you a try. Right? There were things that, that he said uh, that showed he understood who Jesus was. Um, but there's knowledge. Um, guard your heart above all things. What are you going to know about our God? And um, it, it happens intuitively, right? When we meet a person and we start to know things about them. Right? They're, they're just, again, at a funeral, a friend of almost 50 years for Tammy, right? All of these connections, all these things, and, and you, you watch people say things, and you're like, I know that about her. I know that about her. I love that about her. In fact, knowledge is so important that sometimes we don't want to know about things. Right? We don't want to know what that person thinks. I'd rather not know. Uh, and so much so, again, with this friend that we were counseling, her family, just she puts up a blind eye to what everybody else sees because she's in love with being in love because she doesn't want her affections to go away um, but for us knowledge should precede it and um, to know God is to love God and we should desire to know him more the qualities of love again this comes out of Watson's uh, list here, and I'll go through these fairly quickly, but love is to be sincere, right? We're to love God with our whole heart. Um, Robin Noble, first love note I ever got, or first love note I ever sent was to Robin Noble in 3B. Uh, and I said, uh, I like you. Do you like me? And then you did the box. Mm-hmm. Anybody else write one with a box? Check it. Isn't that interesting? Why do we do that? It's so funny. Like, check, yes or no, because she can't obviously she couldn't write those three letters that's too much to ask of my true love uh and i've told you that story before she turned my note back to me and she said well you are one of my boyfriends and i was crushed you know in third grade crushed um love is to be sincere god says you are to love me with your whole heart love uh, to god is for himself we love him uh not just for his benefits. Uh, I love you, God, because you have done this or this or this. Now, it is part of who he is, but to love God for himself is really that highest form, and it enables a Christian to worship God in the midst of struggle and trial and frustration. You know, this lady that we buried yesterday, uh, three kids and one daughter got up, and she's just like, please pray for me. I know God is good, but I'm really, really angry still. I, I, my mom's gone, and I, I, I just it doesn't make sense to me. But here's the things I know. Pray for me, that my, my emotions and my heart will go in towards what is right and true. Um, we are to love Him with all our might. We are to love Him in our sphere. That means where we live and where we work and where we play and in our neighborhood. Uh, we don't put our love for God on once we walk into a, a, a church building or just when we're at home or when we open our Bibles, but our love for God is to be evident to all. Um, I'll never forget the time, Kay, 
when uh, you had a friend at the house and I was dating Tammy and uh, one of your friends came over and uh, said something to Tammy and Tammy's like, your friend said, aren't you the religious one? Said that to Tammy. And Tammy goes, well, I know God. <laughs> and I just remember like, yeah, woman, I like that woman, right? She must have been 16, 17. Well, I, I know God and I love him. And um, that was her answer, right? In, in whatever sphere we are to be known as those who love God. It's to be superlative. It's to be above all others. John 14, anyone comes to me and doesn't hate his own father and mother. You read that text? It's like, what? I mean, it's a teaching tool that Jesus is saying, your love for God the Father has to be on a different plane and even above the ones for your own family. And it is to be constant. I think it's good as it lists as number five. What are, what are some of the visible signs? What are the things that point uh, to our love for God? I would take this number five in your notes, uh, and I would uh, take your notes and put it in your Bible, and I would use this really as your prayers for this week. Right? My desire to be with Him, to know Him, and to worship Him. These are the things you pray to God. God, I don't, you know, I don't feel this at times. I don't have this sense of a, de- a desire to know you, to be with you, to worship you. Sometimes I go to worship so Rev won't get mad at me. <laughs> pray these things. A discontentment with all other substitutes. Our God cannot be, su- cannot be substituted for. Um, and, and, and when those substitutes fail us, to not be angry at Him, but to use it as a turning back to Him. My God, is, He is jealous for me. And this person, this thing, this concept can't replace him. Uh, the other visible signs, a hatred for anything that separates us from God. We hate sin. And we fight against anything that would tempt us to love it more than God. Idols that would replace him or outplace him. Again, when we think relationally, it makes sense, right? Uh, Proper relationships with human beings, husband, wife, anything, any person that would come in uh, to bring discord, we war against it. Same with our love to God. In subtle ways, the enemy will apply things that aren't bad in themselves, but in an effort to draw our love away from our Father. Another sign of our love for God is that it bears witness to others, right? When, when uh, a person falls in love, there's an obnoxious season, isn't there? Where you just start knowing everything about this person, right? Oh, I'm really glad to know what her shoe size is, right? And you're like, uh, you know, so it's great. My, my relationship with my brother's kids, you know, so his, all his oldest are daughters, right? And so... Um, when they come to visit, you know, now two of them are married, but it would be a recounting about this boy or that boy, all these things. Um, And so we bear witness about God. You find yourself bearing witness about God. Um, Our love for God feels his absence. Psalm 22, isn't that the cry from Jesus? Lama, lama, sabachthani, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? 
we're willing to suffer for him. Um, Watson writes, if Christ should have said to us, I love you, well, you are dear to me, but I can't suffer for you. I can't lay down my life for you. We should question his love very much. And may not the Lord question ours when we pretend to love him, but will endure nothing for his sake. Are you willing to suffer for your God? Uh, Sixthly, what motivates us towards love? Uh, God himself uh, motivates us. The Holy Spirit, uh, not just to make hearts alive, but to assure and to remind us and to motivate us. Uh, The Holy Spirit uh, aids us in our knowledge of God. Uh, No one, nothing can compare. No one is more beautiful. No one is more wonderful. No one is more gracious. No one is more pure. What motivates us towards love is just the nature of God Himself. Um, Secondly, what motivates us is it's it's what He wants from us. Uh, God wants our love and our affection. Um, you, You compare that to all the pagan forms of idolatry, uh, they want your money, they want your life, they want your blood. Um, God wants our love. Um, thirdly, it's good for us. Right, we are affected by what we love. We are driven by what we love. It directs the way we think, our plans. Um, it is best for us when we love Him first. It's really, it's, it's really how human beings will thrive. Um, God's love is eternal. Uh, it's interesting to think in, in glory with him, we won't need faith, we won't need repentance. Um, but the love that we have for our Father will be fulfilled. Uh, and love enables us to love others. So Christ says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Um, God's love and our love for God enables us to love others. And love others in a proper way. Um, we don't make gods, little mini-gods, out of our children, or our bosses, out of our governments, out of our pre- We don't make these mini-gods. They don't take the place of Him. Um, seventh, how do I love God more? Um, three things. We pray and ask. We pray and ask. Um, Elizabeth Prentice in 1856 wrote this out in a, in a hymn. Uh, she was a member of Bleecker Street Presbyterian Church in New York City, by the way. So she was a good Presbyterian girl. And she wrote this hymn, More Love to Thee, O Christ. Anybody heard that hymn? More love to thee, O Christ, more love to thee. Hear thou the prayer I make on bended knee. This is my earnest plea. More love, O Christ, to thee. Once earthly joy I craved, sought peace and rest. Now thee alone I seek. Give what is best. This all my prayer shall be. More love, O Christ, to thee. Um, you know, you take your notes back and you, and you look um, that, 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 that's where I really would love to leave you this morning. That I start my day. I may have time to read. I may not have time to read. I may not be a morning person. 
But you're like, Lord, in all that I do and whatever happens, my greatest need is to love you more. Better than being accepted here, better than winning this bid, better, my, my heart needs to be turned more and more towards you. So how do we love God more? We pray and ask all the time. I think it's great that we're in Romans 8 in our sermon series, all the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God that, that, that breathes in our, in, our, in our deadness and wakes us up. It's the Holy Spirit of God that we've seen already um, that says uh, it confirms to our spirit that we belong to Him. It's the Holy Spirit of God that says uh, we cry out, Abba, Father. Um, so secondly, avail yourself to sound biblical preaching. Be constant in Christian community. Um, be around people that make you love Jesus more. Probably what brought Tammy and I to tears most in, the, in this beautiful funeral was the sense that, that her, her friend, that was the testimony from her kids, and that was a testimony from other friends. Is to be with her made me long to love Jesus more. Of course, we know that. We are affected by our community. We are bound together by our common loves. Uh, let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, will you use even this morning, uh, especially our worship, all, all of these things. Father, that you, we would love you more. And Father, that that would be our prayer. More love to thee, O Christ. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.